0: Amen. And while these folks are passing the baskets around, if you're wondering our text today, it'll be uh, in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, is chapter 4. If you're wondering, that sounds familiar. We've been in Ephesians chapter 4 for a little bit. On your way in today, uh, you received your your bulletin, and you can find out all the different various information of things inside of that. You realize we're still in the series Becoming. You also got this uh, adult groups list. We launch adult groups in a few weeks, and this is giving you a heads up to know how to register and be a part of this. You can do it on the app. You can do it online. You can do it through uh, this piece, or you can do it through the bulletin. You can even grab the, the little guest card, and just say what you want to pick. You got a couple of weeks to figure it out. There's about 48 classes for you to choose from, and uh, some of them happen here, some of them happen in homes. But I'll encourage you to do that on your way out. Also, uh, when you're going to register for Path Project, be sure to pick up this new info for the new season of Sugar Hill students. Uh, we're the only church that I've ever seen that has a master discipleship to go from bed babies through senior adults. And to be able to put that into a package and say, this is what we do would be very cool. And then my favorite today, uh, we have these new shirts. I saw them last week and I thought they were super cool. Uh, we sing this song that uh, talks about how Jesus left the 99 to, to find me. And I just think this is a super cool shirt. It's got the, you know, we call it the dot on the back. Let's see what size this thing is. Okay, this is a 2XL. All right, so uh, this is for some dude who needs to have a little room. And... Um, would be willing to say, you know what, Chuck, I'll grab the shirt and I'll throw $50 toward Path Project today. And I was thinking, Ryan Hawk, aren't you around here? Nice to see you around here. Ryan, are you here? Thank you for doing this for me, man. Appreciate that. You come on and get this shirt. Yeah. So, If you're wondering, did I plan this? No, I just saw him over there a minute ago. Way to go, Ryan. I love it how you jump in, buddy. I'm saying, yeah, you're, it'll, it'll work, buddy. It'll work. Hey, Lisa, I saw you on 2020 the other night. Do y'all know, that, okay, really, so you you still are a prosecutor here in Gwinnett County, right? Yeah. And so she was on 2020 and hanging this dude high, man. I mean, really, she was, it was like, yeah, he's guilty. Yeah, he did it. And Jenny and I are sitting there going, yeah, that's my girl. Yeah. So I love it when we have important people around. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 7, here's what it says. I don't know how you transition from that well. So... Now, I, one of the things that if you're like me, you're stopping and you're thinking to yourself, that's a lot of ascending and descending going on. And how, how do I make sense out of this? Because this is not one of those four verses that a lot of people would preach on because it is, it's a bit confusing. So when you look at it today, one of the things we want to try to start with is to get this picture that uh, Jesus has always been. In, in the beginning, there was the word. And the word is Jesus. So in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and God created man and woman, and God said, that is good, and then said of man and woman, that's very good, Jesus has been and has always been. This is why we refer to him as the Alpha and the Omega. This is why we refer to him as the beginning and the end, because he has always been and always will be. So, the very first start of creation tells us that, and the very first statement in the gospel of John tells us that, and throughout Scripture, what we find is that God is made up of three pieces, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, when man comes along, and Adam and Eve totally blow it, and they sin against the one thing that God said don't do, they planted and painted a picture that we all still live in, where each of us, in our own way, are sinful and selfish, and you say, well, I'm a pretty good guy, Chuck. I'm a pretty good gal, Chuck. You know, I, I think you are too. You know, every now and then I think of that of me. The problem is we're not perfect. And a God who created us who is perfect can't allow our sin, our selfishness, our pride. He can't allow that into his place of perfection because deity and imperfection don't stay along very long. And so, God looked at his creation and said, what I want to do is I want to build this relationship back with the people I created. So, I'm going to take a part of me, God the Son in Jesus. I'm going to send him, be born in that little manger, grow and live this perfect, selfless, sinful life. He does no sin. He has perfect. And he is the only one that can die and shed his blood that we might all have forgiveness for our sin, and then as Jesus lived that life, as he was as he was as he was uh, murdered, as he was buried, and as he rose from that grave, then Jesus ascended back to sit at the right hand of the Father, and create a home for all of those who will trust that His death, His burial, and His resurrection payment for our sin, and He left us a gift, and the gift He left us is the Spirit of God or God the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And so you take all that together and you say, okay, the ascension stuff started happening early, right? Then you get to Ephesians where Paul writes this, these four verses. And there's a big picture here that it takes great courage, great power not to accomplish the change of the Christian life, but to simply accept removing yourself from driving your own life and allowing Christ, the Holy Spirit, the gift that is within you, to do that. You say, well, Chuck, okay, that's a lot of preacher talk. Can you get it down where a guy like me could share it in an elevator ride? Yeah. I've sinned. Because of that, I'm not perfect. In my imperfection, I can't live with God. I need a right relationship with God because I want to live in heaven forever. I don't want to die. So he sent Jesus. And when Jesus shed his blood, when he died, he took my place. He didn't deserve it. I deserved it. And then he was buried, and then three days later, he did exactly what he said he would do, and he rose from the grave, and then he hung around about 40 days, and then he ascended back into heaven, sat beside the Father, and is creating a home for all of us who will believe. Yesterday, I preached the memorial service of a 20-year-old young man who had taken his own life, and this is a great kid and a great family, and when I saw the video, the fact that I had baptized that kid at about eight years of age on this platform, I thought to myself, oh, my stars, this is the beauty of trusting a saving grace. Are you with me? So at this point, we know that we all have this opportunity to receive A saving grace. And if you're looking for real change in Christ, take a look at these four verses. There's a lot of ascending, a lot of descending. Now, Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and all that he has already done now gives us the opportunity to let his gift the Spirit of God, start working inside our lives. Have you ever been around somebody and like they were just, uh, they just wearing their kid out on the way out of the shopping center. And it's like, get in the car. I'm going to beat the daylights out of you when your father gets home. You, are you with me? Have you ever seen that? Have you ever done that? Sure you have. And so you've looked at them at times and said, and they call themselves a Christian. You ever done that? You ever looked at somebody and thought to yourself, and they call themselves a Christian. Has, has it ever crossed your mind that somebody probably has looked at you some point and said, and they call themselves a Christian? Because, you know, the courage to change isn't about what we do. In this text, it gives us this picture that Jesus has already won this victory. There's this processional, this accession. And inside of all of that, it's because the gift that he left us with the Holy Spirit is working within us. Theologically, it's called sanctification. There's, there's this inward change. What we like to do as humans is we like to see people do things or say things that sound Christianly. And then when they don't do things or, or say things that, that sound Christianly in the way we put it in a box, then we like to just beat on them a little bit. But the problem is that none of us are at an equal pace on our way to grow more Christianly because the Spirit of God is working within us constantly. But now watch this. This is a big deal. You can control that because you can determine how much of the Spirit of God you're willing to take over your life you get to determine the pace of change. You get determined if there's really is change. You get determined if you've received not just saving grace, but serving grace. And you say, well, where in the world did all of this happen? Well, first I want to say, I believe every Christian can and should change. I believe every follower of Jesus can and should change. Now that you got all, leave it up for a minute, guys, but I believe that there are, there are three kind of people in this room. Now, if you all sat in the same section, it'd look like this. This is the group that wakes up in the morning and thinks, what can I change today? This is the group that wakes up in the morning and says, how can I keep them from changing something today? And this is the group that says, oh, we're changing again. Why can't they just leave everything alone? Well, I mean, we, we change, don't we? I mean, did any of y'all ride a buggy and horse drawn to church today? Did, did any of you, did, did any of you, when you left the house, use a rotary phone and call somebody and tell them you're going to church today? I mean, we do change, don't we? But we just don't like it when change is done to us. But now watch this. If the Spirit of God has come in love... The Spirit of God is moving within you to change from the inside out in such a way that what our outward things become are simply because of what the inward change has happened and is becoming, hence the term becoming. And so if you look at that and you say, wait a minute, that means Jesus must have added a little something Along the way, well, verse seven says he's given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Now, my grandma, she was a special person. Her name was Jessie Allen, and she could cook anything. But she, I mean, she worked hard. I never knew her to have a job outside the home. But I'm telling you, man, she worked the fields as hard as Pop did. She worked in, in the, the the little fish camp that Pop owned. She worked as hard as she could there. And almost every holiday, but every now and then, beyond that point, she'd reach down and she'd grab a chunk of my cheek and say, "Chucky, I got a little something special for you. And I knew, man, it's a new truck, maybe it's a bag of army people, or if I was really good, it was a little extra banana pudding, bless the Lord. and. And with a little twinkle in her eye, she looked at me and she'd say, "Chucky." And this one, she'd kiss me on the other cheek while she still had this one. She'd say, "Chucky, now you, you love Jesus now. Because Jesus loves little boys that love Jesus. And I thought to myself, this is what Jesus did. He gave us a little extra something. On the way in his ascension, he said, all of you who have chosen me, I'm a, I'm a, I got a little something for you. I'm, I'm going to make sure you get a little, are, are you with me on a little something? I mean, seriously, are you with me on a little something? Don't you want just a little something? Like when when a special day comes around and somebody that you never imagined was going to come along and do something special for you, don't you just have a little whoop in you that you just think, I love it when people do a little something. Don't you? I mean, seriously, you can't get more Southern than doing something. I mean, it's real. That's good stuff. Y'all are dead in here this morning. (laughs) I can't even get you excited about a little something. I said banana pudding, for goodness gracious. And you can't, see? So you don't love Jesus, but you love pudding. That's great. (laughs) Now watch this. He works in us, not just to give us a saving grace. He works in us to give us a serving grace. The little something he gives us is a saving grace that says you don't deserve heaven and you don't deserve forgiveness but I'm offering it to you because I love you. And then when we say, yes, I want that saving grace, he comes along and gives you a serving grace and says, now watch this, I'm gonna fill you up with me so that your life becomes a conduit to help fill everybody else up. And when you accept that saving grace and then you accept that serving grace, you've gotten in on this ascension kind of deal. Now watch this. To every true believer, Jesus gives the capacity, the enabling, the supernatural ability to pass on grace to others. In other words, every single born-again follower of Jesus can and should change. The serving grace will not be a strain on you. The serving grace will not be something that, that calls you out of your total We're all weird, but this saving grace is custom fit for you. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine those of you who kind of dot every I and cross every T and make sure everything is neat. God bless y'all. I can't even imagine living that way. Because I'm just ready, fire, aim all the time. And God said, Chuck, I'm going to give you a saving grace, but I'm going to give you a serving grace that fits you. It's going to be a triple X. Room to move. And he said to some of y'all, I'm going to give you a quiet grace because you're going to pray for folks. I'm going to give some of you a compassionate grace because you are going want to serve others. I'm going to give some of you a missional grace. I'm gonna give some of y'all a relational grace, but I'm gonna give all of you a serving grace. This little something that he gifts us as we go, is yes, I want the saving grace because I want heaven. When I saw that video of me baptizing that 20 year old boy, I thought to myself, that's the saving grace. And when I saw all those folks that had come around to love on that family, I thought that's the serving grace. Here it is in scripture all over again we can change jesus equipped us to experience the abundant life of glorifying god in all that we do but god's not done with you yet if you've been a christian for 20 years he's just getting started there is so much more in you to experience and do every christian can and should change but that change was secured by jesus not you You see, I think a lot of people say, I want to get in on this Jesus going up and going down thing. I want to know all of that. I want that saving grace. I want heaven. But now, wait a minute, Chuck. Come on. You're saying to me that all of the work is done by Jesus. It's nothing on my part. Now, watch this. The only thing that's required of you is to be able to say, you know what, Jesus, I want to follow life. I want to follow you. I'm going to make a U-turn. I've been living this way for me but I'm gonna make a U-turn I wanna follow and I wanna live for you. And then you say, well now Jesus, I meant that. So a saving grace comes. And then as we trust all of this change that he is doing within us, our actions follow our heart. It's not the other way around. Our heart doesn't change because of what we do, our actions change because of what's happening in our heart. And so what happens in there is all of a sudden you get this custom made piece of giftedness and all of a sudden God says, I'm gonna use you Because we're going to change the world together. And you might say, well, Chuck, I'm not down for that. That's not my deal. When I watch this, I want you to lean into this just a little bit. Verse 8 says, that is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Now, watch this. That makes no sense, does it? I mean, if it makes sense to you, you are way ahead of me. But here's what I learned is being taught here. Over in Psalm 68, David writes about military strategy. And then he writes about what a conquering king does in that time frame. And so David paints this picture just like this text says that over here in in people one, they go and they have to conquer people two. And so people one go over here and they win. And then when they come back, This king rides in the front of a processional. Right behind him is his army. Right behind them is the king they just took out. Right behind him are all those people that were in his army right behind them are all of the carts and carriages that are carrying all of the spoils of war all the livestock all the jewelry everything they had and they would come back over here to country number one and when they entered into the gates the king would ride in triumphantly his his army would ride in behind him behind him was the defeated king and the army that were in chains that chose not to follow the way of God and behind them were all the spoils of war and but by the time the spoils of war got all the way in front of the castle the king would be sitting there and he'd start assigning gifts to each of you and you might get something and then the next person gets something totally different you know why because the king was determining the kind of gift that you needed for what for the kingdom so when jesus says that he he's ascended and he's given these gifts. Watch this. This is the picture of what's going on between it is finished on the cross and I have risen. Are you ready? I mean, this is deep, all right? And, and we're going to make it so simple. You're going to dig this, I promise. Jesus, he has been dead crucified hung on a cross above the world just outside Jerusalem carried to this borrowed tomb placed in the tomb dead as a doorknob and wrapped up in those burial cloths and a stone is rolled in front of him but Jesus in this time you're saying well what happened well the scripture said he descended to the lowest so now watch this Jesus who descended to be born has now descended to the place of death and in doing so while he hung on that cross he took every shame and every sin that we could ever comprehend and put it on himself but when Jesus got there he didn't join the club he got amongst all the dead folks he got amongst all those that questioned and he made sure they knew, I ain't gone yet, boys. And while they wallowed in sin and screamed and hissed and hollered at him, Jesus announced his victory. Jesus announced his declaration. Jesus claimed his deity. And guess what happened? When he ascends this time, he's got him in chains because he's beaten them. He's got it done. You see, because three days after he was killed, Listen, I believe this with all my heart. I love the pictures of meek and mild Jesus. I really do. I love it when he says, let the blessed children come to me. But I'm telling you, when I get all fired up is when I imagine Jesus laying on that cold, dead rock. And I imagine breath back in those lungs. And I see that those burial rags are being twisted and pulled and gone. And I see him look at that rock as he stands up. And he looks at that rock and he says, move! Move! And that rock starts to move and I imagine when he walks out into the sunshine He takes in this deep breath and when he lets it go, it's whoo And then when he shows up at his disciples, he doesn't open a door He doesn't knock on a door. He walks through a door and he says to them I've come because I won. I beat Satan now listen to me friend You want a saving grace You're gonna get it only one place The Jesus who has ascended to heaven to create a home for you. Period. You say, Well, Chuck, I want to make sure my neighbor goes. I want to make sure my kid goes. I want to make sure my mom goes. Well, then you know what you got to do? Grab hold of the serving grace. The saving grace came. What about the serving grace? Can't you imagine as Jesus ascends like the kings were those days? Man, I'm telling you, I want to walk in that army. I don't want to walk in chains. I don't want to be bound up. I don't want sin to riddle my body. You know what I want? I want to walk with the king. When he rides into glory, I want to walk with him. I want to see behind me Satan beaten and in chains. I want to see him dead, not alive. And I want to walk into glory and know, I didn't get just a saving grace. I got a serving grace. And my king, my king, When the world said he was dead my king he said no 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 death and deity we're not hanging around here very long listen friend i look at this text who in the world could ascend on high who could do that well the bible says that he became sin along with the curse of god that sin brings and then paying the penalty in full by his willing and innocent death in our place he disarmed the rulers and the authorities and he disgraced them publicly and he triumphed over them and along with the gift of that holy spirit he gave you this grace Peter says, it was this place that Jesus went and proclaimed what had happened. Jesus announced his credentials. He declared his victory. This is what it means when it is finished. The cross is not, it is finished. The resurrection isn't isn't even, it is all finished. It is the declaration that the son of the living God is living now and will live forever. He is indeed the Alpha and the Omega. He is indeed the beginning from the end. He is my strong tower. He is my healer and he is my God. In him, I will place all my hope. I will place in his strength and his strength alone. But Chuck, how do I do this? Well, this last point is really simple. You got to believe on it and you got to act on the truth. You say, Chuck, but I thought you said that he already done. He has. All you got to do is turn him loose. All you've got to do is, is claim him and turn him loose. And say, Chuck, why do I feel like I fail all the time? When I watch this, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Jesus gives you this promise you got to cling to that in this world, when you are tempted, no matter where you are, he is going to give you a way out. And all you got to do is choose him. When the choice becomes you, I don't know what, man, I wanna do this to please those people, but Lord, it feels like you're wanting me here. He's always giving you a way out. Your choice is one, two, and three. Are you ready? One, Jesus, I need you in my life because I've never made that turn around. I wanna invite you into my life. I want want saving grace. I wanna know I'm going to heaven like that kid yesterday. I wanna know that's sure great. Then ask Jesus to do that. That's a saving grace. Chuck, I want God to use me, I want to be a conduit. Wonderful, receive that serving grace. But now watch this, in the middle of when life says, this is everything the world offers you, there will never be a time according to the promise of God, a God who cannot lie, where he says, I'm gonna give you another way out of that. You don't have to go that way, I've got a better way. You say, Chuck, is it that simple, one, two, and three? Yeah, it really is. It's that simple. This is the point in services where preachers like me are supposed to say, you know, bow your head and close your eyes, but please don't do that. I want you to hear me. If today you'd say, Chuck, I wanna receive that saving grace, how do I do that? It's this simple, Jesus, come in my life and forgive me. All my sin and all my selfishness, forgive me. Give me direction, clean me up. Thank you for dying for me, for raising from the dead for me to pay for my sin. I, I, w- I want your saving grace. And when you say that and you mean that, and that's your prayer, even if you say, Chuck, that's me, count me in. On this day, this scares the crud out of me when I do stuff like this, but if this is that day, you say, I'm, I may not know everything I'm talking about, but I want to know, but I want, I want that saving grace. Stand up right now. Come on, all it takes is one person to stand up right now. Yeah. 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 That's some courage right there. Y'all stay standing for a minute. That's some courage right there. I see you, man. That's some courage right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And we're not done yet. Because y'all stay standing up for a minute. We're going to give you some company here in a minute. Maybe you're here today and you say, Chuck, I'm, I'm already, I know that I know that I know, I know Jesus is my Savior I've already got that saving grace but you know what I, I haven't been a conduit of his grace I haven't I haven't taken that serving grace I have not really done anything with it but Chuck from this day forward I believe what the Lord's telling me in this teaching is that I need to pick my game up and allow the Lord to do what he's already trying to do in my life and use me for something greater because I don't, I don't want my life to be gone in a flash and not be used by God. If that's you, just stand up. Yeah. 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 Let me pray for y'all. Lord, I am so grateful for men and women who would have the courage to say, I want all that Jesus has. When he ascends, I want the gift. When he descends, I, I want to know that he conquered. I want to walk through my life with saving grace and serving grace because he came down for me. He went further to prove he came for me. He's coming back to get me. And he's preparing a home in heaven for me. And Lord, would you bless these folks richly today. Pour over them your saving grace and your serving grace in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. I want everybody to stand with us for a minute. Yeah, come on, go ahead. When you wonder, say, well, Chuck, why why is it scary to do that kind of stuff? Because, man, listen, you might have sat there and nobody been crickets in here. But you know what that tells me? When God says he even can use the foolish, that his word will never return void. It will always accomplish the purpose for which it's sent it. Bless you. Let's just sing a little something, something. What do you want to sing? You're good. You're good. Come on. Let's, let's just sing a little something, then we'll go. But sing it like you mean it. Like get after it. Yes, you are good. You're good. Oh, oh. You are good. I feel rewarded. straight let him go within you to bring him peace and joy fulfillment and contentment because he's always good and you are always loved and on days where this world is beating you up let him come behind you and pick you up and carry you not around it but through the middle of it only to set you down on your two feet victoriously and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you and hear him say my child say it with me i Amen. God bless you. I love y'all. Go in peace.